your snow cats ready and get over here. Right now? You're darn tootin'. Don't you know it's time for the governor's weekly address? Live from the Situation Room of his lakefront chateau, he's bringing a little color to the voice of Minnesota sports talk and worldwide. His mama calls him Vince, but you can call him Governor. And by way of executive order, he's serving real sports fans a dose of sports done right. Are you ready? You like that? You like that? Out to Edwards, left angle, three on the way, yeah! Anthony Edwards, the number one pick in the draft, drains the triple to put the Wolves up two with two minutes left to play. Pitch is lined to left center field. Byron to his right, running, diving, and makes a spectacular catch. Lost one out near side. May there. What's happening, people? Vince Wright, the sports governor, coming to you. And this is another edition of the Sports Done Right podcast coming to you live and direct from the Situation Room from the sports governor's uh, palatial sports mansion in the East Metro of the Twin Cities. What's going on, everybody? Vince Wright here. That is me. You can follow me on Twitter at the Big Smooth One. You can also follow me on Facebook. You can follow the show at Sports Done Right, W-R-I-G-H-T. The same on Instagram, and we are off and running. And, folks, I got to tell you something, man. We've been away with you. We didn't do a show last week. You know, like I say, sometimes my real-life job right now is very busy being a Medicare insurance agent. So, um, just got busy with work last week, and that's a good thing. But we are back, and what a time to be back, man. Um, Listen, we'll get to college football in the second half of the show. Uh, Big Ten, Gophers, all that stuff. Uh, Georgia on top of the world, continuing their dominance nationwide. But, man, we're going to get into it to this Vikings game. We're going to just get right to it here. Uh, We did an interview earlier today with the one and only, you know or you love her, Sal Spice everybody's favorite viking mind that's right and you know sal always good to have on the show she tells you what she thinks and that's why i like sal a lot she doesn't sugarcoat things and she is a open book as a vikings fan she is the co-host of the sports in the city podcast believe in vikings podcast as well and you know a lot to get to here a lot to unpack so Let's just do this. Let's just get right to the interview. I know everybody wants to hear Sal and uh, the interview here. So let's get to that. I'll come back, give you my thoughts. We'll talk a little bit more NFL and get right into the college football after a break as well. So settle in for a half hour of the one and only Sal Spice as uh, the show will be titled My Pal Sal. All right, everybody. Vince Wright, the sports governor, and I am here with your 
one of your favorite Vikings analysts out there. You know her, you love her. The one and only Sal Spice is joining us here on the Sports Done Right Show. Sal, thank you so much once again for joining us. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Although I got to say, I don't know if I agree with the term analyst, but <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Hey. First time I've been referred to as one of those, but hey, know. that's our we all are analysts when we're doing this podcast thing. So, um, Sal, as you know, our <laughs> uh, co host of Sports in the City with Haley over there, one of my favorite podcasts. Love what you guys do there and can't wait till that show comes out weekly. Um, Believe in Vikings is also another podcast that she hosts or, excuse me, co hosts as well. So, Sal is all over the place, knows everything about the Vikings. So, Sal. Let's just get to it, man. This game was fucking crazy. Um, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I'm still kind of trying to catch my breath over it all. But I guess maybe just kind of we'll look at it maybe in the first half and the second half. Uh, First half Vikings, what did you think there? Because I thought actually it was kind of playing out how I thought the game would play out initially. I initially thought Mm -hmm. Buffalo was the better team. So what was happening, and you know, especially it being in Buffalo, wasn't surprising me. But what did you think about the Vikings' first half? Well, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think when the schedule came out, pretty much everybody looked at that and said, all right, that's a definite L. And even going into the week with not knowing what was going to go on with Josh Allen or Case Keenum, I thought it was going to be pretty tough for them to pull out and win that game. I, I was going to be – to me, it was going to be a moral victory if they even kept it close because I, I was worried it may be one of those blowouts like with Philadelphia. And so I was I was going to be happy if they kept it close. I agree the first half kind of went how I thought it was going to go. seemed like Buffalo had most of the momentum. Um, they, you know, they were getting a lot of penalties and no calls that I didn't necessarily agree with. I don't really like, <laughs> right, I don't yeah. like to, I don't like to blame refs for anything, but it just seemed like there were missed PIs on Hawkinson. I know stands out to me, mm-hmm. some holdings in the end zone and stuff like that. So it just didn't seem like it was a day that things were going their way. Cousins wasn't playing great with the two picks. I don't remember if they both came in the first half, but so it just seemed and then to be down 17, it was like, okay, you know, this is kind of right. how it goes. Um, I certainly didn't expect anything that happened after that, and I don't think anyone else did either. <laughs> so, No, I agree um, with you because I thought when uh, Josh Allen, uh, I think it was Gabe Davis that got that touchdown, put him up 24-14, and they take that into the half. I'm like, I, I swear to God, I'm thinking the exact same thing you are. You know, okay, yeah, it's playing out like that. Yeah, expected it. And then all of a sudden, second half, and the one thing I like about this Vikings team here, and we'll talk about the coaching staff in a minute, Sal, but, you know, they don't give up. The grit, the determination, they just keep playing. And then all of a sudden, I mean, you know, let's talk about Justin Jefferson and these catches. You know, mm-hmm. it's just amazing, obviously. I mean, we talk about the one on fourth down there. I mean, that's a top ten one, all that stuff. But, man – this Vikings team, they just didn't give up. They kept chipping away. And then all of a sudden, it just started coming together for him. Dalvin Cook with the 81-yard touchdown. Um, these catches here and there. And it was really a team effort. I mean, that's what I liked about the Vikings. Obviously, the way it played out in the second half. And we'll talk about that last second touchdown here in a second. But tell us your thoughts second half. You know, they come out and they just keep going. Right, and that's been the criticism. It's interesting to see how the criticism of this team all year has been. 
yes, they've had these come from behind victories, but they haven't been against necessarily good teams. Right. Um, because even when it was against Miami, that was against backup quarterbacks, right? So they haven't really been getting a lot of credit for those. And I can kind of understand that, at least early on. But what I think is important about those is those wins, those comebacks have taught them that they can come back. And so I don't think – I think teams in years past or other teams, if they're staring at a 17-point deficit against Josh Allen, it's probably easy to get in the mindset of like, okay, it's just not our day today. But this team has been conditioned to coming back at this point and realizing that if they do unite as a team on all edge, all, all ends of the ball, that they can potentially come back from things like that. And that's what I think is an intangible thing that none of us saw coming and that you can't – it doesn't matter about stats. It doesn't matter about, you know, flukes or anything like that. They have the confidence now that they can do it. So, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it was a crazy – yeah, it's crazy wild second half. It's um, it's interesting. You know, I know you said we talked about coaching in a minute, but just the the stark differences in play calling that wouldn't have been done in years past to get back in the game, going forward on fourth mm-hmm. down, like the aggressiveness, and it did really the momentum really shift there shifted there um, in the in the second half. So yeah, no, yeah, yeah and totally Justin did. Jefferson. I mean, <laughs> and Stephon Diggs. I know there's a lot of Stephon Diggs haters out there. I thought it was really cool to see him have that amazing catch that could have easily been a pick. Right. And then to see Justin Jefferson follow up with a catch that is arguably better. But I just I like it that that trade worked out for both teams. And so to see Stefan show off a little bit too, just from a NFL fan perspective, I thought was also very cool. No, absolutely. I, you know me. I'm a big Stefan Diggs dude. So, you know, as, you know I, I hate that he's playing against us, obviously, but – it was very cool that he had that decent day. Jefferson went, he had 10 catches, 193 yards, touchdown. So, yeah, it was kind of cool to see these two elite, you know, and arguably the two best wide receivers in the game right now going off and having this game. So, again, folks, we got Sal Spice joining us here in the Sports Done Right podcast. And, Sal, I want to ask you on the defensive side of the ball here, um, Zadarius Smith. I mean, this dude, ever since he's gotten here, has just been, in my opinion, phenomenal. And he has become Mr. Viking to me. I mean, I just love the attitude that he brings on the defensive side of the ball. Um, You know, we're a few weeks in now, so I think we can definitely say Zadarius Smith, uh, that transaction definitely is working out for us. Well, yeah, especially with the Packers picking up a chunk of his salary, right? So (laughs) I I don't love it. I don't think it could have worked out any better. And again, I think that this team in the recent years has been missing leaders like him in the locker room. You know, um, obviously, Daniil's been hurt the last couple of years, but he's a soft-spoken guy. I think, uh, you know, as far as defense goes, it's been, okay, maybe Eric Kendricks or Patrick mm-hmm. Peterson, but he didn't have a particularly great year the last couple of years. So it's like to see Zadarius step up, be such a big personality – those guys feed off of him and his success. And I mean, yes, he's totally changed this defense. I didn't have high expectations for them, mainly just, you know, transitioning to a new defensive scheme. And, you know, that's going to take a little while to catch up. I wasn't the biggest believer in at Donatel, just given that not, not that he's not a culture guy, but just to have the stark contrast in someone so much older when the, when the narrative before was 
you know, these older coaches aren't connecting with the young team. I just didn't necessarily understand the old school leadership in that category, but obviously it's all working out. And I think the defense is getting so much better week after week, even if they are still struggling in stuff like red zone and and things like that. um, They're stepping up when they need to. No, exactly. And that was the thing too, um, on the offensive side of the ball, I thought the offensive line played okay. Um, but when it mattered most, they seemed to get the job done. One guy on the offensive side of the ball I wanted to talk to you about, Miss Spice, is TJ Hawkinson. I mean, you know, we talk about new players making a difference. You know, this guy's been here for a couple weeks, and I love him because he's my mm-hmm. fantasy tight end. So I knew what we were <laughs> okay. getting. You know, I knew I knew this cat could play. But Sal, I'm telling I'm telling you, outside of Zadarius, uh, you know. The fans are loving what TJ is bringing to the Vikings. So, you know, take a quick minute and talk about the new Vikings tight end. Well, absolutely. And just to see how he has just slid right in and, and his first game made a difference was, you right. know, that was just so cool to see. And they have been missing a, a tight end presence. I mean, even when you had Kyle Rudolph, I, I think that even TJ is a huge step up from Kyle Rudolph even. And he is drawing coverage, and that is making the other guys more open. So it it couldn't have worked out better for them, and I'm excited to just see him even get more integrated into the offense. And, I, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a little more difficult when you're, when you're playing from behind and you do have Justin Jefferson. Obviously, that's going to be your number one target. Sure. But, yeah, it's definitely given more opportunities to Justin, obviously. So what a great decision. I hate that Quasi seems so comfortable trading within the division, but it's hard to argue with that being the right hard to yeah. argue with that being the right decision, right? So yeah, um, if that ever does come back <laughs> if it ever does come back to bite us, it's gonna be down the road anyway. So Absolutely I so, I love the aggressiveness of yes. the trade because the window is open and that was a thing, you know, I mean, the window's only open for so long, right? And it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of working out so well with the NFC not being um, as challenging and with the Packers being so far behind that it, this is the time where you want to make a move like that. So right. really impressed with it so far. Absolutely. Okay, so before we talk about the coaching here, we got to bring up Kirk Cousins, Mr. Ice himself. Um what is your analysis of Kirk Cousins? I mean, the guy is the lightning rod of this team. Uh, you know, I've been accused of being a Kirk hater when I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think I was a Kirk hater. I just pointed out some things that he brought over from Washington at the time. Personally, I think he is kind of a great game manager right now. We don't need necessarily an all-pro quarterback. You just need somebody not to – screw it up when it matters most. And I think he's really starting to kind of come into his own there. Obviously he has some great weapons to work with, but that's what great teams are all about. So, you know, Miss Spice, tell us your analysis here on uh, Special K Kirk Cousins. Well, I will full out admit that I have been a Kirk Cousins hater from the beginning. <laughs> right, right. I, I, she I has never people. understood that. <laughs> I never understood the acquisition in the first place. I I didn't feel like he was, you know, in my mind, it's well, they looked at that was the missing piece to their 13 and three season in the NFC championship game. And I just didn't necessarily agree with that. And obviously then they missed the playoffs the next year. 
I, I haven't been a huge believer in him. I was devastated when they extended him this off season, <laughs> and I, I, mean, I was I was devastated. <laughs> and so I I have been on a Kirk Cousins apology tour. Um, it started out as a bit, but now it's it's for real. Um, <laughs> and you're right. He he hasn't been costing them games. I think a difference in years past, I mean, even reflecting back to this most recent game, he used to be a guy that didn't bounce back from mistakes very easily. If right. he threw a yeah. pick, it Good seemed point. like he would get in his head and then he would maybe throw another pick and or mm. he would lose his pocket president's um, confidence. Not that he had a great offensive line either, but right. he he just never seemed like he was a guy who had that mentally. And it seems like this year he has so much more confidence. I'm assuming it has a lot to do with, with coaching and the playbook. And um, so that's been a huge difference that I've seen in him. And you're right. He doesn't need to – he does – I think – I know I keep talking about the, the culture and um, sure. the confidence these guys have, but I think we've seen – previously that it's kind of been like clicks like this group of guys hangs together this group of guys hangs together and Kirk Cousins really wasn't intertwined in any of those groups right it didn't seem like um just kind of a loner he um you know he doesn't have a a huge personality really He does obviously have a little bit of different interests than a lot of the younger guys on the team um and it seems like this year that has changed everyone has embraced him I mean even before the change stuff you know it seems like he has become more intertwined in really connecting with these guys and that obviously has to help too um, because you know that your team really believes in you if you do make a mistake everyone on the sideline you know what no problem we're going to move on and um, another intangible thing with him and he's got to be feeding off of just being eight and one and this is obviously the first time he's ever had success like that so um, I know everyone keeps saying, hold your breath for the prime time. We'll see how he does then. Right. I don't yeah. necessarily buy into all that. But um, I couldn't be happier with, with his performance this, thus far. So. Hey, well, I mean, now if Sal's saying that, people, I'm telling you. I mean, you got to take that for what it's worth. This is a, <laughs> a bona fide <laughs> hater, as she said, and she's giving some love to the guy. It is. It's been difficult on, I mean, the first few weeks it was like, wait a second, am I actually starting to like him? And I don't even mean as a player, I mean as a person. As a person, you know, just seeing right, seeing right. all these these things on social media and him being fun, and I'm like, wait, who is this guy with swag? Who is this guy that has a sense of humor? So right. it's been, you know, obviously it's been, what, 10 weeks, so oh, it's right. not like it's been this huge yeah. adjustment period. But... I'm, I'm finding out that I actually kind of like well, the guy. So, you know, so I, and, and I, I think you hit on something too because you do keep talking about the culture and the change there. And you know, all uh, due respect to to the former coach Mike Zimmer, and and you know, all my prayers and condolences to him on the loss of his son recently, and and everything that there. But you know, I think it's been very apparent. After he left, we started hearing rumblings from players out there and whatnot about how the ship was actually run. And let's talk about coaching here. I mean, Kevin O'Connell comes in. Obviously, he's going to bring a new philosophy. He's a younger guy. I know a lot of the ladies, including uh, one that happens to be upstairs from my studio right now, really uh, likes the new Vikings coach. I'll leave it at that. But um, (laughs) give me your thoughts on the new coach and just kind of that new 
um, you know, culture that he brings in. I love the laugh, too, by the way. <laughs> well, I, I knew what you meant. Yeah. Um, well, I, I didn't have, you know, the highest. I did not have high hopes for this season. I, I thought they would get a wild card. Maybe they, they would yep, possibly exactly. win uh, the first round. Never imagined this. And a huge part of that had to do with the things that we talked about. But also, you know, uh, the criticism of of Kevin O'Connell was, well, he didn't call plays. You know, yeah, he just right, won a Super yeah. Bowl, but he didn't call plays. That was McVay. And so it was like, well, what are we really getting here? You know, and a lot of the narrative was, well, he coached Kirk Cousins back in Washington. And, well, okay, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's been a long time ago. And it, um, so I didn't have – I mean, I thought eventually it could definitely work out that he would be a great coach. I didn't see it happening from week one, you know. Right. Yeah, so nobody did. That <laughs> that the the difference is I still look at the I still look at the TV or, or the field and you know it's second and long and I'm expecting them to just hand off the ball. It's it, to it's every time you see them taking these risks, it's like wait, what am I watching? They're so conditioned to the last eight years of Mike Zimmer. And run first, run first, run first. Right. And yeah. his inability, his inability to adjust that game plan when he needs to, when they're down, he wouldn't adjust it until it was almost too late, and they couldn't come back, or they would put themselves in these positions where maybe they would get off to a quick, uh, you know, a fast start and score on the first drive, but then they would take the foot off the gas, and it would be, well, let's just run the ball, run the ball. And then that's how they would get themselves in trouble later on because they didn't try to build off of those leads early on um, in an right, aggressive yeah. way anyway. No, they so didn't. So it's, it, it's just such a different philosophy, and it's obviously working out for them. And then, not, you know, there's the culture thing as well. I, I think in a Mike Zimmer, it, it just didn't, like I said, all the things I mentioned of, it was clicky before. It didn't seem like there was a lot of intermingling. And these guys obviously really believe in each other. And that's a byproduct of winning, obviously. But even when they were 6-0 and with um, Sam Bradford back in what year was that? What They missed the playoff, 2016. Yep. I didn't feel like that, 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 that team had this energy. And it has to, it has to come from the top. Um, Another thing that sticks out to me is obviously Greg Josephs is having some issues at extra points <laughs> yes, <he is. laughs> and 50-plus. And He's doing all right in between those two. Um, I think that – I hope – I think that Mike Zimmer eventually learned his lesson here, but if – you know, they didn't win – they had to go to overtime because Greg Josephs missed an extra point. Right. Mike yeah. Zimmer would have never let that go, you know, it, and exactly. especially when That's it comes <laughs> – that is so especially when it comes, especially when it comes to kickers that got are in their head and have to be thinking clearly. I think the way that he iced those guys out year after year after year after making mistakes that didn't that wasn't exclusive to kickers. You know, it had to be mm-hmm. going around in other positions as well. And his constant, God, I didn't mean to get into to no, trashing hey, him, but his. Right ahead. <laughs> His constant saying, oh, I'm hands-off with the offense. I have no idea what's going on. I've never met with Kirk Cousins until this year. But then why was it the same offense every year? You obviously did have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. So um, I think just the open-mindedness, it seems like more of a collaborative effort, and that makes everybody feel good. So um, 
like I said, I don't know if they were that good early on. I think they've built off of this confidence of coming back against teams like Detroit. Right. And um, it, so, yeah. No, no, that, I don't even know what else to say about it. It's no, just, exactly. It's, it's funny you say Detroit. Contrast. Yeah, because it's funny you say Detroit because I always mention on my podcast that, you know, Detroit is Detroit, and we know the Lions' history, but for whatever reason, they always just seem to play the Vikings tough. So whenever the Vikings play Detroit, yes. I never, ever have it as a brush-off game or a, an automatic W. I don't care what the records are. But, man, this Me team, neither. like, Me yeah, yeah and, but like you said with this team and new coach and coming from the top, and, you know, you even see it with the Wilf brothers. I mean, they're in there dancing and – you know, getting their gritty on and everything else too. So it, it truly does yeah. come from the top. <laughs> and of course now winning, you know, winning cures everything. And, but I think, you know, the Vikings are set up pretty good here schedule wise and man, they could be in a real good position yeah. here over the next month. So Sal, let me ask you this here. And again, folks, Sal Spice is joining us here. We got a couple more minutes with her. I just want to talk to you real quick, Sal, about the NFC North as a division um, you know, all kinds of stuff going on in Green Bay, but now they've got a couple of victories. Maybe they're starting to finally hit their stride and maybe found an offense. Detroit three and six, Chicago three and seven, and you know the Bears. I mean, they got a, a great talent at quarterback down there, but just nobody to really help them out. It seems. So just kind of you know, give me your thoughts here on the division as a whole, and you know how you see it playing out here as we move forward. The Bears are so interesting to me because they traded away so many assets. Uh, so it's interesting to see Justin Fields, Justin Fields kind of, you know, settling in and, and finding his own. And now he's got no resources. I, I don't necessarily understand what's going on with them, but I am happy that he seems to be turning the corner because that would be really disappointing um, for him just as liking him as a right. player. But yeah. I, I don't think anybody saw – uh, Green Bay coming out like this. Uh, like I said, I expected fully expected them to win the division again. It's I could talk about them all day and what I think their issues are, but it is a little, you know, look, we got a lot of trauma in Minnesota. I'm never going to count them out until they're officially out. Right. Yeah. I don't think if they do make, I don't. It's and it's also the NFC in general just isn't very good. So. Right. Yep. It could, they could very well get back in it and get a wild card. I don't necessarily see them going far. If they do, it, it made I, let's say their victory Sunday made me feel better about the Vikings' chances this coming Sunday against Dallas. But the huge it is just so shocking to me to see the huge gap in in wins losses because as you said, I never count Detroit out against the Vikings, and I never count mm-hmm. the Bears out against the Vikings either. Yeah. <laughs> So um, just so great to be undefeated in the division. And I don't know if they've really found it or not. I, I Again, you're never going to count Aaron Rodgers out, but there just seems to be so many glaring issues. And their schedule gets – they have a difficult schedule going forward. The easy part of their schedule is passed. So um, hopefully they'll just do themselves in and some other teams will step up and <laughs> do a little better so they're, they don't even make it because – but I guess, you know, maybe if they did get a six seed or something, how fun would that be for them to come back to U.S. Bank Stadium? So <laughs> oh, God, exactly. Maybe I should start rooting for them. Uh, I don't <laughs> but know it's, about it's that. Interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to see that they're playing Philadelphia coming up because who do you root for in that? 
I, you know, I, I could never root for the Packers, but it, it's so beneficial for the Vikings for, you know, to take the Eagles down another peg for home field advantage reasons. Yeah, absolutely. So either way, whoever, <laughs> whoever wins that game, it, it'll be beneficial. But no, yeah, no. what a, what a mess. I just think the NFC is in general. Um, well, no, you're right. You know, because, what's going you know, on in the West? Exactly. The <laughs> they, they suck all the way around. I'm actually looking at the records now. I pulled them up while you were talking about it. I mean, Outside of the Vikings and Philly at eight and one, Giants at seven and two. I mean, you know, Dallas six and three, but the other division leaders, you know, Tampa Bay in the South, they're five and five. The NFC West, Seattle's on top at six and four. And yeah, if I hit Well, the even old... the Panthers Right. Even the Panthers won two games in a row and they traded away McCaffrey and fired their coach and all of that. It just mm-hmm. seems like no team in these other divisions wants wanna step up. Exactly. And to and run away from the pack. Exactly, and so <laughs> it's it's crazy. I mean, it's it's wide open right now, and you know, obviously, we're Minnesota fans, so obviously, you know, Vikings fans are always waiting for the the hammer to drop on them and stuff. And we do have a lot of football to be played, but you know, I'll take eight and one any day, Sal. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I've never felt this good about a Vikings team. I don't think, and in, in my life, well, I mean, other than you want to go back to '98, yeah, <laughs> right. well, yeah, I got 2009. I felt good, but they kind of, towards the end, you know, they kind of crafted away. They lost games that they should have won right. that would have got them yeah. home field advantage throughout. Yeah, and exactly. so, and that was this, that was the same in 2017. They lost some games towards the end. Uh, I think against Detroit, specific, well. Detroit wasn't at the very end, but they couldn't right. get it together and win that game. So it, going down the stretch, I think it'll say a lot. But this is, at least in the last, what, 13 years or more, the best I've ever felt about a team. And looking forward, I just I don't really see who they're going to lose to. I know that's probably <laughs> probably not the smartest thing to say. But I, I've, I'm, very, I'm very objective about this team always, my whole life. And this one, for some reason, just feels different to me. Now, do I think they're going to get to the Super Bowl? Not necessarily, but I, I, I just think that this is a special team. I, I hey, trust me. I hope you're right. You know, as this thing started to materialize, I just said, "Hey, look, man, I'm all in. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little older than Sal is, and I can remember actually watching the Vikings in the Super Bowl back in the seventies when you know <laughs> Oakland annihilated them. You know, I, I got my Twins World Series, all that stuff. It's just time, man. It is just time. You know, at least get to the damn Super Bowl now. That's a long way off, right? But hey, it's in Phoenix this year. We'll be in Arizona. If it happens, we're going to have a party and a half, man. Jump on that plane, Spice. Come on down. <laughs> oh, I'll be there. I'll, it, it, the only unfortunate thing I will say about this season is they're kind of pricing me out. I can't, I can't afford to spend $300 to just get in the door at the Cowboys game. I can't – you yeah, know, all yeah. of the prices now are outrageous. So the bandwagoners, they're kind of screwing me over as someone who buys tickets individually every single game. But, you know, that's the risk you take in my position, and I'd rather it be this way and maybe go to one or two more games than than it be the opposite. So that's the only negative I can say about it, selfishly. 
Cool. And well, the weather. What the heck is up with the weather? You know, oh, Sal, <laughs> for you tailgating. Know, like, they're screwing me there, too. Yeah, I mean, it's literally going to be like, what, 10, 15 degrees Saturday and Sundays. I'll be out, you know, with the crew on Saturday at the Gopher-Iowa game. And I, mm-hmm. I, I know I owe you guys a tailgate, and I keep saying I'm going to come down, but, man, Mother Nature is really trying to put a <laughs> hurdle in front of that. Exactly. It always does. I thought, <laughs> I thought we'd get at least a 30-degree, 40-degree tailgate because this is my first year doing my own. So it's my mm-hmm. first year owning a heater. This is my first year, you know, trying to get the insulation in the tent. And so I thought I'd be able to, like, ease in. And so if I make some mistakes, okay, I can learn from it. I can upgrade my stuff. Nope, you know, just straight into high of 20 on Sunday. (laughs) Um, But that's why I can't go. I mean, the Vikings have two home games within four days. Um, Similar weather predicted. So that's why I got to forego the um, Gophers game this week. I can't freeze my butt off five, you know, three out of five days. I mean, obviously, you're going to be missed. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you will be missed on Saturday, Sal. You see all the pictures I always post me and Sal. She's one of my favorite people to hang out and tailgate with. Um, She is the host of, or excuse me, the co-host of Sports in the City podcast. Before I get you out of here, Sal, why don't you tell the folks real quick about that show? Because you know I love your show. I love you and Haley. So just (laughs) tell the folks real quick a little bit about Sports in the City. Sure. So Sports in the City is um, a podcast I do with my best friend, Haley. We do talk about it is sports heavy, predictably, I mean, predictably, specifically uh, (laughs) football, but we do talk about a lot of other things. You know, we're both uh, two single gals living in Minneapolis. And so that's kind of where in the city comes from. We love Minneapolis. We hate the narrative about it. So we like to mm-hmm. talk, you know, we, we'd love to share our experiences. We're talking a little bit about dating, pop culture stuff, especially in the slow times. But it's, it's been really fun um, set to have that platform. And, um, yeah, awesome. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. It's, uh, yeah, it's getting a little spicier. So I'm, I'm into that. All right. Well, hey, I'll leave it at that. Now, I could bring up, speaking of spice, you know, some of those DMs and all the stuff that we like to hear from <laughs> from Miss Sal Spice there. I mean, you dudes out there crack me up after. Oh, the the way dudes go after ladies nowadays is, is very interesting, but I ain't going to bother Sal with all that. But, Sal, I just wanted to thank <laughs> That's you. That's for Ribfest. That's for Ribfest, exactly. So you got to be mm-hmm. in the house to get a Sal DM reading by the uh, oh, by the ever-popular Nadine Babu. Shouts out to her as well. So, um, Sal, mm-hmm. thank you so much for, you know, giving us the time again. I'm going to let you go as I know you are a busy lady and everybody wants your thoughts <laughs> on these Vikings and everything. But, folks, <laughs> follow her at Sal Spice. Um, at sports in the city or not at sports in the city. Cause I think it's like S underscore on all that stuff, but just Google it. It's You'll terrible. It. Yeah. <laughs> Link in bio. Exactly. All right, folks. So this has been Sal Spice. Sal again. Thank you so much. And we appreciate no, it. No, thank friend. you for having me. All right. The one and only Sal Spice, everybody joining us. Bravissimo, bravissimo. Everybody loves it when Sal Spice is in the house. So thank you again, Sal, for some time today. Really appreciate it. And, yeah, that Vikings game, man, it was nuts. Um, 
you know, like me and Sal talked about, first half was kind of starting to break how I thought it might break in my original thoughts. You know, Buffalo is just so good. This is going to be the Vikings kind of wake up call, kind of that first hurdle. And then second half, they just come back. They hang in there. They keep fighting. And I think that that is just rubbing off on the entire team. And, man, what can you say? You gots to love it. You gots to love it. So uh, continue success to the purple, man. Uh, eight and one. Loving that. Loving that. And the Dallas Cowboys coming into town. I probably should have asked Sal what she thought. Got a little preview about this weekend. But, you know, Dallas is just kind of Dallas. They, you know, they tease you. And a lot of reporters and Stephen A. Smith over on his show is making a lot of fun all the time on the Dallas Cowboys because they get you hooked in if you're a Cowboys fan, right? They get you excited and they just find a way to blow it. And... I think the Vikings are looking good for this game. Now, this can definitely be a trap game because, remember, say what you want about Dallas. They got talent on the team, right? So you always got to keep that in mind. And hopefully this won't be a trap game for our Vikings. So uh, good luck to them this weekend. If you're out there tailgating uh, with Sal and them, it's going to be a very, very cold start to the day. And man, I don't know, but I'm just very happy with the Vikings. And I, well, how can you not be? It's it's a great start. Let's hope it keeps up. I guess my final thought this week, Vikings fans, <clears throat> excuse me, is this: just roll with it. Just roll with it, people. Have a good time. Enjoy these victories as they're coming, because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. You know, we're Vikings fans. We're always waiting, like I said, for that hammer to drop. But in the meantime, people, just enjoy the ride. Don't overanalyze it. You know, Jim Suhan, who I, you know, maybe not one of my favorite writers in town at times, but, you know, he had a a column today. Just enjoy the ride. Don't worry about stats. Don't worry about the national media overlooking you. Don't worry about being... Uh, a home dog this weekend to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas is, what, a six-point favorite or something like that. Just enjoy the ride. That's all you got to do, people. Just enjoy the ride. All right, let's take a break here. We're going to come back. We're going to get into some collegiate football. We're going to talk a little bit about the Timberwolves and their really, really bad start here. So keep it tuned here. We're going to take a quick break. You are listening to the sports governor Vince Wright. This is the Sports Done Right podcast brought to you by Cultivated CBD, 7th Avenue Pizza. And we are on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Hey, what's up, everybody? Vince Wright, the sports governor and host of the Sports Done Right podcast. And I'm here to tell you about Cultivated CBD. The best CBD products on the market come from Cultivated CBD. So whether you want a roll-on, a smokable option, maybe you want some of the gummies to help you with your anxiety or pain relief, go to CultivatedCBD.com, the best CBD company out there, and tell them Vince Wright, the sports governor, sent you. What's up, everybody? Vince Wright, the sports governor and host of the Sports Done Right podcast, talking to you about frozen pizza 7th Avenue Pizza in particular, the best frozen pizza in the state of Minnesota. Make sure you go get you some people. Check them out at Kowalski's, Coborn's, Cashwise, High V, Holiday Stations. 
Nothing better than 7th Avenue Pizza. It's all in the sauce, and tell them Vince Wright sent you. Baby squirrel, I'll use a sexy motherfucker. Give me your, give me your, give me your attention, baby. I gotta tell you a little something about yourself. You're one of our flawless, ooh, you a sexy lady. But you walk around here like you wanna be someone else.
I don't wanna lie and say that I don't wanna get up with it. I be feeling like I be too honest. Yeah. On a mission and hit the pussy like a politician, and that's why I'm with new Congress. Uh-huh. Killing everybody in the party, and I wanna get it up in the burgundy Maserati oh. or the gray Maybach. See the way they act. I'm a fool whenever I fuck with a hottie, and I wanna class and ask the chick, don't fuck with whores. I'ma get you and lift up your legs like I lift up the doors. I'ma. He's Minnesota's number one sports color commentator. The people got it right, and now it's time for you to get your sports done right. With the governor of sports talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Vince Wright, the sports governor. Re-elected. Vote wasn't even close, baby. You gotta love it. And I thank you guys so much for the honor of being the sports governor of Minnesota. And in all honesty, uh, I want to thank my campaign staff. We were out there. We were canvassing. We were up in Ely. We were over in St. Louis County. Man, East Grand Forks. We were over in Hopkins, Minnetonka. Minnetrista, baby. Campaigning for the sports votes around this state of Minnesota. And I am humbled honored and i am looking forward to another four eight ten twelve thirty years of being your sports governor thank you so much for the support people and together we can do this and as the campaign model says you have definitely made the right choice all right so let's get to it man all right so Minnesota Golden Gophers here, Big Ten football. Some very, very interesting things happening here because um, you have Illinois losing some games. You have Purdue in the West losing some games here. And I'm going to kind of focus more in on the West here for a quick moment because obviously, well, that's where we are, right? So now we have this big mush up at the top. Everybody's four and three. Everybody now hitting strides. Illinois, four and three now in conference after a hot start. They are seven and three overall. And Iowa, all of a sudden now, here's the thing. The Hawkeyes, all of a sudden, they are they finding their offense down there in Iowa City? It looks like it. They're on a three-game winning streak, four and three. They're now up to six and four. Purdue is six and four after a couple losses. Minnesota back on track. Now, granted, they've played some weak teams past couple weeks. Got the freshman quarterback here. We'll talk about our Gophers in a second. And then you have Wisconsin. They're starting to hit their stride too. They're three and four. Um, they are coming off a loss, but for the Gophers, and I'm getting into them and Iowa here in a minute, it always boils down to Iowa-Wisconsin. 
Nebraska 2 and 5 and Northwestern is 1 and 6. They have not won since they have returned to the United States of America after beating Nebraska in Ireland that first game of the year. Let's jump across over to the Big 10 East people. Again, Vince Wright, your sports governor on the Sports Done Right podcast. Michigan, Ohio State, that's really all it's about in the West as usual. They play next week. Now, not this coming Saturday, but a week from Saturday. Penn State, 5-2. and two. They're the only outlier out there. Maryland, Michigan State, 3-4. and four. And Rutgers and Indiana, 1-6. and six. And uh, can I say something about Rutgers here for a quick second, people? No disrespect to the State University of New Jersey, but can we get them the hell up out of here in this Big Ten Conference, please? I mean, honestly, can we get Rutgers the fuck up out of here? And, and the language I want you to know is exactly how I feel. This New York City experiment and trying to get TV markets. Look, I was talking with a couple people a few days ago about this. We were trying to figure out why the Big Ten made this move, knowing, you know, in the, in the Northeast, and you have a lot of small liberal arts colleges, you have Ivy League schools, but the big campuses don't, you know, there's not really big football programs in the Northeast. So, okay, yeah, you throw Rutgers in there, and who else do you got? You know, you got really Syracuse, and you got Boston College. The only other schools in that region that have really had any success uh, on the big-time kind of football stage, Boston College hasn't really had a good good team in, in, a, in a number of years. Syracuse, they've ebbed and flowed, but, you know, their, their better days have definitely been behind them as, as a program. And then the Big Ten wants to try and get in bed and, and do this Rutgers thing and say, hey, we're going to bring in the New York market. Well, that hasn't worked. So can we just kind of let that go and, and and find a way for them to get up out of here? No disrespect, Rutgers. All right. Minnesota Golden Gophers, folks, at the game last week, Northwestern. It was cold. It was cold. But we had a good time, did some, uh, went over to Stubb and Herbs, hadn't been over to Stubb and Herbs in a long time. And it was funny as I, I tell people, when we were in college, and maybe when you're in college now, Stubb and Herbs is where the old people go. That's where all the old alumni go and all this stuff. Now, that's a bit of an overstep because, you know, we, we drank at Stubb and Herbs in college. But it wasn't a game day hot usually, but it is still a classic bar, 83 years old. It was good to be back over there, packed as usual to be packed this weekend too because it's going to be cold outside. We will be doing the tailgate with Nadine Babu, queen of the Gopher tailgates, uh, my good friend and creator of gopherhole.com. Hopefully we will have some tents and some heaters going because I think game time it's going to be, what, 15 degrees? But this is it, last home game of the year. The Iowa Hawkeyes are coming to town. So let's talk a little bit about last week's Gophers and, and bring it into this week here. And uh, a couple other things I'm going to talk about here. Newly released college football playoff polls as well just came out. We'll talk about that in a quick second here too. But, you know, Gophers start eighth in freshman quarterback Calio. Uh, I'm now I, I'm so good with Greek names, Kalia Macus, and I'll get better with it. I'll learn the name. Don't worry, people. But Ethan, look, this was the game you had to start him in. I tweeted that out last week. He did all he needed to do because the Gophers ran the ball like 50 million times. 
Mo Ibrahim, again, setting records, three touchdowns, 178 yards against a horrible Northwestern team. Let's make no mistake, this Northwestern team is just a pile of crap right now, and and there's just no other way around that. But um, Ethan, he threw 7-13, only 64 yards, but just to get him in there, getting him the feel of the game again because the gopher schedule next year is another thing you got to keep into consideration. And with you know, at this point here, if you know Tanner is coming off a second concussion protocol, which I don't think we still really heard. But anyway, you know, you want him to be well. He has served this program admirably, and you want him to be able to enjoy the rest of his life, him being newly married and everything. Freshman quarterback comes in. Now, again, this is Northwestern, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on last week's game. It was good to see the Gophers do what they had to do, 31-3. to You know, if they played a little bit more intensely on that one drive, they probably would have had a shutout for the second week in a row coming off the Rutgers game. But, hey, that's all right, 31-3. And they did what they had to do. But now let's transfer this into an Iowa game that's coming up here um, this weekend. And, you know, the Gophers, they're, they're walking in now to a whole different beast because the 6-4 and four Hawkeyes – have, a, have always had, even through this rough stretch they've been going through early on, they've had a very, very good defense. You know, it's it's been the quarterback play down there. It's been the offensive coordinator, coach's son, people talking about nepotism and and things like that, and why won't he get rid of this guy? And, you know, maybe he shouldn't have hired his kid for the position in the first place, but Kirk Ferentz, steady as they come, man. I tell you what, but here he is, and now all of a sudden, Iowa's been playing a little bit of football, and they've been having an uh, offense that's uh, reemerging. They got some talented running backs down there, and all of a sudden, they're coming into Minnesota, and there's going to be a lot of Iowa fans there as usual and all that's going to be a very fun time. But, man, the Gophers offensively now have really got to figure out a way on how to game plan for uh, a very good defense with a freshman quarterback at the helm that has obviously not seen a lot of action. Our offensive line has been spotty, hit and miss. If they were the offensive line of a, a year or two ago, I'd say I'd, I'd feel a lot better about this game. But if the offensive line, and I know this sounds cliche and very basic, Gopher Nation, but if they can find a way to just block and we can grind this out with Abraham and Trey Potts, that's, you know, that's what we're looking to do. Keeping them honest and then that'll open up some passing lanes, hopefully, and again, maybe Ethan won't have to throw it as much. We were a couple plays away last week for some very big gains on the pass play that would have definitely added some stats to those passing yards of his. So it's, you know, if you if you, if you ask me as a betting man and, you know, just who do you think is going to win, boy, I don't know. I, I probably may say Iowa on that one, folks, because you know your sports governor, and I've always been saying this for the Gophers, I have to see it on the field. I don't care about the stats. I don't care about the rah-rahs. I don't care about coach speak. I got to see it on the field. 
because Iowa's been whooping our ass now for a very long time. And that's got to change. Starting to turn the corner against Wisconsin. Won that game, what, two of the past three years now we've had the axe. Starting to make that a little more competitive. But it's Iowa. And here we are again. Here we are again. Come, What does it come down to? Iowa and Wisconsin for us to have hopefully a shot at a decent bowl, a outside shot with a lot of help at a possible Big Ten West Championship still. But again, folks, you know, my synopsis on the year, and again, Vince Wright, the sports governor here on the Sports Done Right podcast, I got to tell you, man, Gophers blew the best opportunity they may have had on paper for a long time this year. Okay, and that's what sucks so bad about this season for me. I'm still looking forward. I'm still with him. I'm going to be out there tailgating and hanging out and and doing my thing this weekend in in putrid, cold-ass weather. But this was the season that it was all laid out for him. And, man, I'm going to tell you something. It It really was there for the Gophers this year. And here we are once again, hoping and praying for victories against the the infamous Iowa, Wisconsin, last two games of the year, the whole thing. My wife and her friends are actually going down to Madison for that game, I found out. So that'll be interesting. So yeah, hopefully Minnesota, we can take it down there, get that win this week. It's going to be tough. Like I said, I, you know, I'm sitting here trying to kind of figure out what's the game plan. Uh, you know, nice defensive backfield at Iowa, and we just got to find a way. You know, that's really all it is. Good teams just find a way. I don't know how it happens. You know, Athens a great runner. Maybe, you know, he creates some stuff with his legs. But, folks, it has to happen because we can't keep losing Iowa like this. And Floyd of Rosedale, the world-famous pig of pigs, has got to come back here. I don't call it home. Because it's been in Iowa too long. But it needs to come back here to establish its rightful home. And that is Minnesota. So good luck to the Golden Gophers this week. Saturday, 3 o'clock, Huntington Bank Stadium. We will be there. Good luck. Do your thing, Gophers. Okay, real quick around the rest of the college world. Ohio State remained at number two. Georgia remained at number one. Michigan, number three. And TCU is cracked into the top four for the college football playoffs. TCU leading the Big 12, 7-0, 10-0 overall. They are back, and you got to like what they've been doing down there in Texas. I mean, you know, Horn Frogs just doing the number, man. So congrats to them. Uh, Alabama on the outside looking in for the first time in a long time. But, man, I got to tell you something here. It is all about Georgia right now. What they are doing has really just been phenomenal, what they've done the past couple years as a program. Very impressed, and I'm very excited to see how this plays out. So as a Big Ten fan, one of these teams is going to drop out because they are playing each other a week from Saturday. And the loser, I'm sure, will will still be very close. Probably a number, possibly a number four, but you know, four or five. So they'll they'll still have a shot. But 
you know, the winner of the Big Ten East, Big Ten West champion hasn't put up a, a battle there in a while. So it's kind of been a cakewalk for whoever wins the Big Ten East there. USC sitting at number seven, representing that Pac-12. And with UCLA finally losing uh, this past weekend, it's all on USC to kind of carry the torch for the Pac-12 before they and UCLA head over to the Big Ten Conference there as well. So uh, keep your eyes open this weekend. College football, it is always fun, and it's going to get very interesting here in the next couple weeks there. All right, folks, I want to end the show here and talk just a little bit about the Timberwolves. I'm already up on my hour kind of timeline here, but just give me a couple minutes here on the Timberwolves. It's been very, very disappointing. We all know that not off to the best start. Uh, Timberwolves are actually, now if I told you the Timberwolves were actually tied record-wise with the Golden State Warriors, that sounds very weird because we think of them just not having this great start and playing very badly, but they're 6-8. and eight. Coming off of win. And they just got to get it figured out. There's no more time to waste because there's a lot of teams that are kind of stumbling in the start of this season. So if the Timberwolves had been off to a better start, a couple more victories, we'd kind of be in a little bit better position and off and running. But they are in Orlando tomorrow night. I'm anticipating the Timberwolves win over the Magic tomorrow. But after that couple tough games, Saturday, they are up in Philadelphia. They come home Monday night to host the Miami Heat. So they got to get going, man. It's no time to kind of sit here, pussyfoot around. Timberwolves, do your thing. Get going because, you know, again, we're starting to see Cat out there whining. Uh, Rudy Gobert still trying to figure it out. He's coming off COVID protocol. Ant just seems to be kind of flat and, you know, people have talked. Maybe he really wasn't in the best of shape coming back in for training camp in the regular season. Whatever it is, man, you got you have expectations now for the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's, it's not a bad look, or excuse me, it's not a good look the way the season started, but it's still early enough, and obviously you can plenty of time to right the ship. But, man, they got to get busy right now. So with that being said, I am Vince Wright, the sports governor. I'm going to get on out of here. Thank you so much for um, everything, you know, regarding the show and the support and everything. Thank you so much. Keep it tuned here. We'll be back next week. More exciting guests coming down the road again. Shout out Sal Spice, the one and only. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it, my friend. And we will talk to you guys soon. I am the sports governor. I am out of here. Peace. Thank you for listening to Sports Done Right with your host, the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Check out Sports Done Right every Tuesday night. And when it's over, stay up on all of the breaking sports news and commentary by joining the Sports Done Right Facebook group. Let your voice be heard and join the conversation right now. You finally got it right with Sports Done Right.